Hey, this is Dave Wade. You're listening to PF's Tape Recorder. Rock and roll. Hello there, I'm P.F., this is my tape recorder. Coming up, it's comedian Laura Sanders. I was the youngest of three siblings, and so I feel like in the my family is very chatty and jokey, and a phrase we use a lot is, lose your breath, lose your turn. Growing up in that family, we, I definitely felt encouraged by it, and you kind of had to believe you were funny and had something worthwhile to say, or you'd never speak at all, because we were all so, so much fans of our own voices. If you don't know Laura Sanders, you should get to know Laura Sanders. She's originally from Columbus, and I know her because she would come down and do our pro-am slash open mic shows here in Cincinnati, and she is hilariously funny, and I was always happy to see her, and uh, you will be too. So she currently is based in New Orleans. She uh, is doing a lot of future work for folks. She's headlining as well around the South and Midwest, so do look for her. Uh, we'll give you all her deets the, uh, after, her, uh, after the interview at the end of the show. And let me see, I guess that's it. Oh, and for the dumb bit, uh, ironically, I'm going to re-gift you a song about re-gifting uh, since it is that time of year and it's been a crazy week. So uh, on to the dumb bit, and then we'll talk to Laura. So I wrote this song for one of those radio services I used to write for years and years ago. It was actually my wife's idea. I was driving around, and I tell the story every year, but I'll tell you again if you don't know it. Uh, I was driving around, and my wife uh, texted me and said, Hey, how about Hey Regifter for Hey Soul Sister? And I was like, Yeah! So uh, I sold that to the American Comedy Network. Uh, they've since gone out of business, so I guess I'm allowed to play this. We play it every year, uh, so enjoy it. Sanders is a stand-up comedian originally from Columbus, Ohio, now based in New Orleans, Louisiana. She's going to be at Go Bananas featuring for the very hilarious Dave Waite. So if you're in Southwest Ohio, you are in for a treat. Otherwise, look for Dave Waite uh, touring the country. You can go to his website, find his dates. Same with Laura Sanders, laurasanderscomedy.com. Here now our interview with Laura Sanders. Hello? Hello, Laura. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Oh, I'm doing well. Good. I'm so glad this worked out. I'm glad Dave Waite was too busy and that I uh, screwed up my deadline and had to did this at the last minute. But um, uh, <laughs> I know that feeling a lot, so no worries. It's it's good. I got to, yeah. I'm a big fan. Um, I've, although the only time I've seen you was when you've come down to do the pro ams. 
uh, here in Cincinnati uh, in years past. Oh, great. But um, yeah, I was a big fan from that, from when I used to do them. So it's uh, great to be able to talk to you finally and uh, to promote one of your gigs. Oh, great. Thank you so much. Um, so you're, let's, let's do the, uh, the Mark Marin thing, I guess. We'll go back to the beginning, do a little origin story here. So you're from, are you from Columbus originally? I was born in White House, well, I was born in Toledo and lived, grew up in White House and then moved to Columbus for college and oh, okay. stayed there until a couple of years ago. Oh, I know somebody from White House, although we're probably a bit, uh, or a bit older than you, but, um, that's, that's interesting. So were you funny growing up, uh, or did you just get an interest in comedy or... <laughs> I mean, I like to think so. That's why someone who's a comedian likes to think they've always been funny. But I, uh, I'm from like a theater kind of family. My parents were both theater majors in the 70s. And then I did the nerdiest version I could of that, which I did a speech and debate team in high school and really liked it and acted in a couple of plays very badly um, in high school. And then started stand-up in college at the very end of college and never really stopped after that. So it's been a while. Okay. So what did mom and dad do? Uh, they're both, well, my dad's a retired teacher now, but they both taught. So my mom is okay. actually a speech and drama teacher still at the high school that I went to. She was my speech and drama, um, never my teacher, but she was my speech team coach. And then she's still doing that. And then my dad taught fourth grade for about 33 years. And then it was a, is a handyman. Okay. So, Yeah. Very cool. Well, yeah, when I was saying when I was asking if you thought you were funny growing up, a lot of comedians, to my surprise, uh, have to be told they're funny. And you know, a lot of times their friends say, "Oh no, you should get up on stage." I was just kind of curious as to, uh, you know, the, how it came about with you. And I always tell my girls, I have two daughters, and they're both hilarious, and they don't believe me. So ah, that's I. I feel like I was the youngest of three siblings, and so I feel like in the my family is very chatty and jokey, and a phrase we use a lot is "lose your breath, lose your turn." So I feel like we, uh, I, growing up in that family, we, I definitely felt encouraged by it. And you kind of had to believe you were funny and had something worthwhile to say, or you'd never speak at all, because we were also so much fans of our own voices. So. <laughs> Interesting. So what finally gave you the uh, the impetus to take the, the plunge and try stand-up uh, in college? I had always interested, and then Ohio State, I went there, and they had a competition. And so I did that kind of badly. I remember... Now it's so funny because the idea of this being the amount of time I would do at a show is so funny because it was a competition where you did two minutes and then if you moved on in the competition, you had to do three minutes. And I remember thinking, I don't have three minutes to say. And now that's, I just remember thinking like I had only a minute and a half of jokes when I started and then did that competition and then did my first open mic in the scene and the Columbus scene was really supportive. And so... And so it just kind of, the, the thrill of doing it is the thing that motivated me to come back. <laughs> it's funny, because when I did uh, my first open mic, I had five minutes of material, but I did it in two minutes, so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had to do that too. I know, I had to definitely convince myself. Well, because it's when you start, it's this funny thing where you're like, I'll get out of your way. Like, let me yeah, yeah. get out of your way. <laughs> exactly. It's like, no, the whole idea is that they want to see you. That's the transaction that should be taking place. Uh, see, I'm, I'm still like that when I do it occasionally. I'm like, I'll just, let me go tell you a couple of things, and then I'll let the more talented people on the stage. But um, <laughs> Absolutely. So how did you uh, uh, come about to be in Cincinnati uh, coming to our pro-ams? Because I know we get folks from out of town a lot. Did you just get friendly with some of the people down here, or did you see online that we had the, the pro-am, or how did that come about? Um, I come to Cincinnati in 
Cincinnati for a few other mics uh, that weren't at the club. And then just you meet comics from Cincinnati being in Columbus. It's so close. And then I just really liked performing there. So I kept coming back and I kept doing the competition because I wanted to work there so much. I Go Bananas is my favorite club. And so I just kept wanting to work there and it was so close. And I kept coming back and kept coming back. And now I live in New Orleans and I'm still very excited to come back every time I get to. So it's just. I, I heard about it from some other comics and then got kind of addicted to going to Go Bananas specifically. Cool. So uh, the relocation in New Orleans, I was going to ask you about that. When when was that? It's been a while because I noticed on Twitter your bio says New Orleans now instead of Columbus. Yeah, it's, I moved in 2015 in the fall, so it's been a little over two years. And so what's the comedy scene like down in New Orleans? Because Sean Patton, who I just talked to the other day, is uh, from there. And uh, Yeah, oh gosh, she's so great. So yeah, so what's the um, comedy scene like? Because people think of it as a music town, but really it's more of, a, if you think about it, it's more of just an, an, an arts town in general. Yeah, it's, it's a very good, you know, pre- creative town. I, I moved here. I'm really excited about that aspect of it. And the comedy scene here, it's really, I, I like it. I think it's just, it's very full of a lot of talented people. There's a lot of stage time, which is nice. Cause I know, I'm sure when Sean Patton started here, and I've heard comics that started here many years ago, they were saying when they started, there was not very much stage time at all as far as regular shows and mics, and that's really flourished and grown a lot. And it's very DIY down here. We don't have a club, which is interesting, um, it being such a performance town, but there isn't a you know distinct comedy club that you aim to go to. So every show that does well is one that has to kind of be run by comics. So it's a, an interesting situation to live in. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought at least one of the chains was down there, or it used to be, like one of the improvs or funny bones. Uh, there was a funny bone in Baton Rouge, but there was never... There's like an improv theater here that has some stand-up shows, but again, it's one that's run by comics and it's pretty small. So, yeah, New Orleans, for at least the history that I know of it as a, as a scene, has not had a distinct stand-up comedy club. So do you have travel a lot then uh, to, to perform, or do you kind of make do with what you can get in New Orleans, or what, what, how does that kind of balance out? travel a lot. Uh, when I moved here, I knew that I'd have to travel a lot, but I think anywhere you live, you have to, like even people that are living in LA and New York to, you know, get the amount of weekends and work that they want, they definitely have to travel. And I like to, I feel like as a comic, you have to experience as much of the world as you can. And so I like that in, in performing all over the country, I'm also getting to meet different people and have new and weird experiences where I feel like if you stay in one spot for too long, you end up having a pretty narrow viewpoint, and that you know is less ingredients to put into your comedy. So, so, so I enjoy the traveling a lot. So having the kind of artistic background that you do, not just with comedy, but with you know other kinds of performing and things, has be, being in New Orleans kind of influenced any other artistic sides of you, or is it still straight ahead at stand up? Oh no, for sure. I uh, my my money day job is I'm a graphic designer. Also, I'm a graphic designer and illustrator, and so. I've really enjoyed being down here, just seeing, in the same way that the comedy scene is DIY and people kind of make their own hustle, I feel like everyone here has at least three hustles. And so it's been very inspiring where before, I sometimes I'd feel kind of torn of being like, oh, well, do I want to focus more on comedy? Do I want to focus more on illustration and design? And it's you're living in a city here where like, just like every gas station is also, you know, sells chicken and fixes cell phones. <laughs> every person down there does, you know, three different things creatively and makes it work. So it's definitely been an inspiring place to live in. Well, that's my kind of town. Boy, I've got all kinds of hustles going on myself. Um, 
I also, yeah, exactly. We're like, no one person. It's not like, what's your job? It's like, what's one of the five things you do? And so it's, yeah, exactly. it makes, it's nice that a city makes you feel lazy all the time as far as creatively not going after more things. Yeah, we're supposed to have my uh, oldest daughter's 21st birthday in New Orleans. It was previously going to be Las Vegas, but she wants it to be New Orleans. And uh, her, younger si- her younger sister, of course, won't be able to partake in a lot of the uh, more grown-up things. But I said, well, we'll just walk around and, and be immersed in the art because she's really big into drawing and illustrating right now. And so I think, well, this would be oh, good great. for you. We'll just wander around and do that, you know, and you know, I'll take my notebook and we'll write some stuff and you and I will have a, a good time. So well, we're looking forward to that. I know, it's fall. amazing. I feel, when are you guys coming down here? Uh, next fall, be uh, uh, next October. Oh, October is a cool time to be here too, just because it has a lot of like Halloween events. That's when I moved. Oh, there we go. I moved up in October, so yeah. No, and that's the thing is, I feel like before I lived here, I thought so much more of the map was the French Quarter drinking scene and that. And there's still plenty of drinking and partying, but the city's so beautiful in so many other ways. Now that I've lived here, I'm like, oh, there's. It's it's funny because a lot of the comedians even in this scene don't drink. So when you think about like someone like, oh, how do they have fun in the city like that? It's, there's plenty going on. So I'm a huge fan. Yeah, and, I and also, your daughter will have fun. Yes, I think I think it's going to be a good show, and I like the history a lot too. And so that's another fun aspect of the town that I think it's overlooked sometimes with all the partying. But um, and actually, you'll be here next year is uh, the 300th anniversary of New Orleans being a city. So you'll be here in a really cool year for it. Oh my gosh, that's so awesome. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I know, and that's an old city. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, I know. I remember listening to uh, um, Harry Shearer was on Marin's podcast talking about it. And he lives in New Orleans, and I didn't realize that. He's lived there since the 80s. Yeah. And he said, uh, really, it's just, you know, it's people doing the work. They don't necessarily care about being famous. I mean, everybody would like to be famous and successful, but it's it's mostly people just doing the work, which is, you know, a lot different than L.A. or New York or even Chicago, where people are kind of, you know. Yeah, I really, that's a great way of thinking of it, that, well, because when I moved here, too, I was thinking, okay, at, at first when I was thinking moved to New York or L.A., and for people that thrive in those big cities, more power to them. I have nothing against living there for anyone else. Just I don't like that size of city to live in. And I was like, okay, well, wherever I move, stand-up comedy is definitely like a journey, not destination career. And so I was like, okay, it has to be somewhere where I actually enjoy living and feel inspired by all the time, not a place that I can't stand to live in and, you know, saps energy from me. So that's definitely, I like that Harry Shearer puts it that way. Like, yeah, just doing the work and not necessarily worried about like one big break, but just enjoying the process. Yeah. Um, it's been a while since I've seen uh, your set. And then again, and that only probably in five minute pro-am chunks. But uh, so what yeah. kind of things are you talking about on stage these days? It's probably been, gosh, at least five, four or five years since I've seen you. Oh man, I'm a lot funnier now than I was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of a lot of moving through the world, observational things. There's definitely moving to New Orleans was has definitely brought some new experiences and meeting some new interesting people to talk about. And um, I I try to talk about a mix of silly and serious topics, but you know, with the whole goal of it being entertaining, certainly. Uh, I know you talk about the or you used to talk about kind of subtly the challenges of kind of being a lady in the society. And um, mm-hmm. do you find it's gradually gotten better? Because all the stuff that's been going on in the world, especially lately, uh, do you think people are more sensitive to that or understanding? Or if people sort of, it almost seems there's a, a bit of a resentment kind of coming up out of that. Yeah, I think uh, dicks will still be dicks, but people are feeling more <laughs> comfortable talking about them. So I certainly don't think, 
I've had, I mean, it's also, this sounds horrible, and I realize when I say that, I say, I have a lot of luck and that I haven't faced many obstacles, which is horrible to feel lucky that people haven't attacked you in your line of work. That should just be a given. But I've generally had a lot of luck in that a lot of people I've worked with have been, you know, great and respectful, and I don't have any of the horror stories. But I'm very grateful now. I do feel like the conversation happening about it where more women either who have had something happen to them or you know, might be in a position where something could happen. The fact that now it's not, that women are encouraged to not keep it a secret is certainly helpful. So I I don't think that suddenly, you know, people are going to not be terrible. I think that there'll be quicker justice and there'll be less terrible things happening as long as we keep talking about them. Um, But it is interesting because you do have some people where they're like, oh, I can't even ask a lady out now. And I'm like, this is, these are not ever the things that we're talking about. Is yeah. someone quietly asking someone to dinner? This is like, you know, genitals out of pants problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Which, so I was like, there's a huge difference. If you can't tell the difference to that, then between those two things, then maybe, yeah, don't talk to women ever if you don't know the difference between saying you look nice and having your penis out. But that's... I feel like that just would be my strategy if I truly could not tell the difference between those two things. Yeah. So. And, and it's it's astonishing that people can't tell the difference between those things. I know. I'm like, really, it's it's such a huge, it's a very big difference as far as making someone uncomfortable. So, yeah, that's, it's, it's definitely an interesting time. And it is such a, performing in comedy and traveling for comedy, I've always described it as such a trust fall, especially when you're traveling alone, that you have to spend a lot of time with strangers and just hope that they're not monsters. And, you know, it's just one of those things that I'm happy that more people are feeling a lot more comfortable leading the monsters out of what is generally a supportive society. And especially for aiming at making it more safe for women, which obviously I'm a fan of. Well, and you're also in a line of work where, whether you're a man or a woman, uh, you know, regardless of race, you're still treated, treated kind of crappy. And maybe it's been, you know, it's, it's gradually gotten better, I guess, from what some of the, uh, the older comics have said. But it's still, you know, people still try to rip you off and try to not pay you, and you have to stay in sometimes not the greatest conditions, like these comedy condos, you always hear these horror stories. So, uh, you, oh, for sure, there's not like an HR department for all yeah. this comedy. <laughs> There's no one to really complain to specifically. It's just kind of a learning process, for sure. So do you have any other, like, comedy pursuits? You know, you have your, your graphic design going on. Do you fancy ever creating a, a book or anything like that as another vehicle for your comedy? Yeah, I definitely, um, I'm aiming towards, and I have, I have my website now, which just kind of lazily announces, announces shows, but I always yell at myself for not keeping more up to date. And I'm definitely going to work on... Next next year, one of my, after my, you know, big holiday binge and visit to Ohio, I'm going to focus a lot more on creating content online and, you know, starting a newsletter and all those things. Because I do realize that while I can travel some and that reaches some people, I tend to, it's like after that, I can only see them for a half an hour at a time or whatever. So I'm trying to uh, create some things that are more lasting, write some content, illustrate some things. And I don't exactly know the form of it yet, but definitely want to focus on, creating content that people can enjoy even if they aren't, you know, within 50 feet of me at that given moment. That would be nice. Yeah, well, we need to spread the word on Laura Sanders because you're very hilarious. Yes, I mean, if you haven't seen me in four years, certainly I'm, I have not been doing my job. So yeah. I'll, be, I'll be spreading the word for sure. You know, I, I think, have you been up back back up since, like, you moved to Columbus? I mean, because uh, some clubs will tell you who the feature is and other clubs, well, actually, Bananas does tell you who the feature is usually. 
Uh, and I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, it's... I've been up a few times, okay. and then I, I actually had a headlining weekend last year, um, and then I've been. See, I featured probably like three or four, hmm. but it's so hard. I could see it. It's living, living near Go Bananas. I feel like it would. You miss so much good comedy because there's always pretty solid comedy there. Yes. So if you miss any given night, you're missing a really fun weekend or a great comic. I could see it being hard to be like, oh, I can't go out every single weekend, but yeah. it would be fun to because you know they're bringing someone good through. So. That's that's I'm excited every time I'm there and not offended if someone doesn't make it out. Yeah. Although um, you should come out this weekend because it's been four years and I am much funnier. Okay. So. Right, yeah. And of course, <laughs> and of course, Dave White, hilarious. That's a that's a good night of comedy right so there. So funny. I was so excited that I, I'm really excited I get to feature for him just because I like watching his comedy. So I was like, I also get to watch him six times, which is really fun. Yeah, and it's it's two really different kinds of comedy, not just the fact that, you know, you're a lady and he's a gentleman, but uh, yeah. the, the fact that, yeah, it's, it's two different kinds of comedy, but it's still, I think it's going to fit well together, so this will be uh, a lot of fun. I know, I think so. I think we'll pair nicely, and I'm, he's one of those headliners, too, that there's some people where you watch him one time, and then it's about the same every time, and so you're like, okay, I've seen them for the weekend, I'm going to stop watching them now, but I think he's such an interesting performer that I'm excited to see how his set changes throughout the weekend and he responds to the crowd and things like that. So it's definitely going to be a fun time. Cool. So on your uh, website, you're keeping those tour dates up to date so we can send folks out around the country because we have 7,000 listeners, mostly in the USA, uh, so people can look for you uh, in, in 2018. Um, I will be keeping them up today. Yes, I actually need to put Go Bananas on there because I just put it like a week ago, but I will... Again, this is my New Year's resolution is to promise to make the one thing better for everyone who visits it. So this will be good motivation. Great. And you are on Twitter, too. I know that because I follow you on Twitter. And uh, Yes. And what's what's the Twitter handle? Because most people don't go to our po- our podcast website. They go to uh, iTunes or Podbean or, or somewhere. Oh, yeah. That, um, I'm at Yay Laura Sanders. Okay, cool. All right. Well, we'll uh, definitely yeah. put that in the show notes as well. If, if anyone's listening to this any other way except... Uh, through Podbean, go to pfradio.podbean.com. We'll have all the show notes there, and then you can find all things Laura Samuels. And uh, but this would be great. I mean, Laura Sanders. I'm sorry. Why don't we say Sam? In my head, I kept saying Sam with it. Laura Sanders. No worries. And um, yeah, and and definitely recommend folks out around the country. Uh, you know, come out and see you uh, when you're in their particular town, and uh, to keep up with the website in 2018. And um, yeah, uh, glad you'll be uh, up there with Dave Waite. And um, have fun. I know, I'm so excited. And if that wants to uh, pregame for the show, if they're curious, I do have an album out, and I don't do any material off of that. So if they okay. want to listen to them ahead of time to make sure they like me, oh, cool. rather than five minutes, they can check that out. And I will not be repeating that material, so it won't be super boring at the show. Oh, awesome. All right. Well, great. Well, I appreciate you taking the time, especially on such short notice, ma'am. And uh, good of luck course. down there in New Orleans, and I hope to see you soon. All right, great. Thanks, Thanks so Laura. Bye-bye. Uh, bye. Thanks again to Laura Sanders for being on the show. Again, you can catch Laura at Go Bananas. Let me see. By the time this drops, it'll be the week of the 21st, I think. She's there with Dave Waite. Just go go to GoBananas.com, excuse me, and you can find out when uh, they are going to be there. Uh, Also, Laura promised in the interview that she would update her website, Laura Sanders Comedy, so just go there, and you can find out uh, where she's going to be in the new year. And you can check out 
her album, I believe it's called Oh God, Please Like Me. It's in iTunes. It's probably in Spotify, all the places you get your comedy album. So do look for that as well. Song of the Week. This one, I think, has actually been around for a year or two, but uh, producer Lizzie discovered it and played it for me. And it is straight in my basket. It is a uh, mashup of uh, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas and uh, Welcome to the Black Parade. So, uh, yeah, straight in my basket, certainly. Uh, I think what's really uh, nice about it is that, well, I mean, it, it mostly works. You can tell spots where it kind of gets a little uh, clunky, but uh, I really like it a lot. And I was going to say that uh, in Britain, of course, especially at Radio 1, the unofficial start of Christmas is when Scott Mills, uh, their seasoned veteran DJ, uh, decides to play All I Want for Christmas. And it's weird because it's not like here in America where, you know, Christmas starts on Black Friday. Uh, but in Britain, of course, and I never works that way in Canada because they're so close to us, but in Britain, uh, they kind of have to decide toward the end of November when does Christmas season start, and they usually kind of aim for more for December 1st, but sometimes a few days early, but anyway, just a little aside there. This mashup, again, uh, I don't know who made it, but I, I ripped it off of YouTube, and I like it a lot. Again, it's Mariah Carey, and My Chemical Romance says, Welcome to the Black Parade. I think you'll really enjoy it a lot. It's uh, it's it's funny, it's cool, and uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. P.F. Tape Recorder, so long, and thanks for listening. Oh, one, oh, not, oh.